Hello and welcome to Beauty Guides Podcast. You can find us at Beauty Guides Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. We are two beauty industry professionals discussing makeup, skincare, sometimes even self-care. My name is Kelsey. I'm a licensed esthetician and educator and you can find me on Instagram at Kelsey's Aesthetics. I'm Lauren. I'm a licensed cosmetologist and a freelance hair and makeup artist. You can find me on Instagram at Lauren H. Beauty Vibes. Today's topic is what cleanser should I be using? and welcome back to our podcast. Hi, Lauren. How are you? Good. I just want to say during that tambourine moment in the song, (laughs) I did a little titty shake and it felt really good. (laughs) Live your truth. We're here for that. Let let them swing. Let them swing. Yes. (laughs) Um, So I've got some movies and stuff I want to talk to you about. Um, The first one is I finished the Fear Street movie series on Netflix. Did you watch these? I did not, but you were telling us about the 1666 one. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the witchy one, right? Yes, 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 yes. And it, it, they all tie together. They all tie together. Mm-hmm. So the 1994 one is very reminiscent of Scream, where it's Ooh. like someone's killing teenagers. What's happening? And like the, it starts out right away. Like it jumps right into it. Um, these films, they're rated R. So they don't skimp on the, the gore. Like it's definitely a teen slasher movie. Um, That's why I I actually started to watch the 1666 one in bed and it was too gory for me like the first 10 minutes and I actually turned it off. It won't make sense. You need to watch them in order because they they build upon each other. And then the 1978 is summer camp in the 1970s. Fun. Yeah, that was super fun. Did you ever go to summer camp? Did you ever do that? Um, my mom sent me to like a Christian summer camp for like a week one year and I, I'm just not the kind of person that should ever go away. Like I get, I would get sad at the sleepover overnight. So it was just so traumatic on my end. Okay. No. Nothing bad happened, but you know, but did you like summer camp? Um, yeah, I went to summer <laughs> camp and I enjoyed myself and I didn't want to go cause I was such a like homebody. I went in middle school. I went to a two week sleep away camp, not Christian, just regular uh-huh. teenage fun. It was a good time. I remember um, everyone got chiggers um, from, so chiggers, uh, if anyone doesn't know, they're little red mites that like bury into your skin. Um, oh. And everybody got them because they did like a mudslide. And I remember when I was like, I don't want to do that. And then I was the only one that didn't get chiggers. So that's my, that's my summer camp memories. <laughs> Do you remember when we would go to concerts at like Meriwether Post Pavilion yeah. and if it rained, everyone would mudslide? Um, I remember being, okay, I saw, I saw a really good concert there. Actually, I went with my sister and then we met up with, um, some people you and I know, and, um, it was Jack Johnson, G Love and Special Sauce. And I was there. You were there? And Donovan, Donovan Frankenreiter. Yes, you were there? Yes. Oh, that's... You know who I, I was with like a really fun group. So I was with that little like surf, uh, the like the skater, bo- not skater boys, the surfer bros, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Max yeah, and yeah. Ronnie. I went with them and like what oh. a rad group to hang out with at that concert. That's super... And do you remember it rained really bad? 
Yes. And I remember mudsliding. Okay. So our friends that we met with, they gave us, so they snuck out with the wristbands and then gave them to us and we put them on our wrist and then we got in. So we were under the covered area. Okay. Yeah. So um, I'm not going to say the names of the people I went with, but we... we... Oh, I only said first names, but you know them. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but we... Uh, that was such a good concert. That was like the. It was such a good concert. Like I still think of that concert in a, such a nostalgic Me way. Me too. What would you say? Yeah. That was like two thousand three, two thousand. Yeah, we were. Yep, we were still in high school. And yeah. yeah, I think I was like a sophomore or junior. Yeah. Okay. We're aging ourselves now. I, That's okay. <laughs> I said to my <laughs> students because they we were all talking about stuff, and I was like, I graduated college in two thousand twelve, and they all looked at me like appalled that I was so old, and I was like, Hey, not cool, guys. Yeah, I had a wedding party um, a couple months ago where this girl lived in Severna Park. She lived the exact same life I lived. She was on the dance team. Um, She did dance company. She was in Rock and Roll Revival. But she graduated, oh, my God, I think it was, like, 2015 or something. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I feel, yeah, we don't know any of the same people. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, never mind. Not even. Yeah, yeah, never mind. And for a second, because you still think it's so, like, it wasn't Mm -hmm. that long ago. And you're like, whoa, it was so long ago. Yeah, no, she's probably in, like, a different building. They don't even. Yeah. Our high school doesn't exist. Oh, they have that beautiful new school now. It's gorgeous. They tore down our high school. It doesn't exist. Yeah, which it needed to. It was really dilapidated. And it's funny because we live in a very high income area mm-hmm. and we would have we had like the crappiest high school. Yeah. Anyways. Um, anyway. <laughs> so anyways, if no one's seen those Fear Street movies on Netflix, they're really fun, but you have to watch them in order. And they are like they're definitely gore teen slasher movies, but it's really good. But you once and then 1966 like ties it all together. So it's really interesting. It's about like a haunted town and why the town is haunted is because what happened in 1666. Oh, I love that. That's mm-hmm. so cool. Mm-hmm. What about you? What have you been watching? All right, three things rule my life right now. The first is Paris Hilton cooking show on Netflix. Have you checked that out? No. Well, I've seen, <laughs> I've saw the ads and I've seen little clips of it, but I haven't actually watched it. Yeah, I love it. It's mindless, and she has like the cutest cooking gadgets, and she redoes her like kitchen area into a different theme each one. So it's just everything I'm living for. And of course, her outfit's amazing. Every single episode, she has someone really cool on. So what I like it. What? It's mindless. My I told my husband, I said, Paris Hilton has a cooking show. And he said, what voice is she using? And I was like, I don't actually know. She's going back and forth. Oh, I okay. Mean, sometimes you'll hear her with a deeper voice. And then, you know, when she's filming the things that you know that are filmed ahead of time, usually it's in her character, Paris voice. Got it. Yeah, she it's really interesting because like we didn't hear her real voice for a really long time. And I'm glad she's using it now sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm also watching the show White Lotus on HBO Max. Have you watched that? No, but I have HBO Max again. So tell me, do I need to watch this show? Oh, you need to watch it. Yeah, it's so good. Do you know who Jennifer Coolidge is? She's the actress. Uh, do I know who Jennifer <laughs> Coolidge is? She is in it, Kelsey. And you're just going to love who she is. Okay, awesome. What's it about? She. Um, it's about a bunch of people on a resort and it's kind of one, one of those shows that there's a lot of different plot lines going on at the same time and it would just be a lot to explain, but it's really, really good and has an amazing cast. Okay. Is it like a funny show? Is it a drama? Oh oh, yeah. It's okay. I will say I get anxiety the whole time that I'm watching it. It is a like dark comedy, but the vibe is meant to kind of like loom over like something's happening it's building up to something kind of bad happening but you don't know what it's going to be but it's also like you're kind of laughing at the same time in an uneasy way because like bad things are happening but you're like that's kind of funny though like (coughs) 
Got it. Okay. Yeah, I'll check it out. Yeah. And so the last thing I wanted to talk about was um, I've been watching, listening to this new podcast called Sounds Like a Cult Podcast. And yeah, um, yeah, she you- just did one on celebrities and mega churches. Yeah, you tagged me in that. So, Tom, so is it about cults or cult-like thing? Things that have like cult-like followings, and then she talks about them. Kind of all of that. Yeah. So she's written a few books, and her father grew up in a cult. So she has a lot of experience with that. And um, so the episodes each are about thirty minutes long, nothing major. And they'll go, they'll pick a topic and just talk about how a lot of things have cult followings. They actually did one on makeup, or she went on the Gloss Angeles podcast, Mm -hmm. and they talked kind of how like Jeffrey Star almost has like a cult like. Oh, yeah. Following, And they were saying some of the dangers of that are how, like, if he makes a bad product or says something wrong, he has these fans that will go after other people or fight to the death of what he says. And that is kind of wrong. So this particular episode I listened to last week was about the megachurches, like I said, and the celebrities. And um, I was excited to listen because I've been kind of getting a little, like, cringe feeling about Justin Bieber Mm -hmm. being out there. He's in these, like, packed stadiums full of people and all these young, vulnerable kids. And he's just like, the presence of God is around you. And I I, I let people believe and do what they want in this life. I just feel like there's a lot of impressionable minds there. Mm -hmm. And they were also saying that the biggest thing when celebrities are involved in cult-like things, think of like Scientology, Mm -hmm. celebrities aren't getting the same treatment as the other followers that don't have money or, you know, they kind of like need them to be the minions or the workers for them. So it's kind of crazy when they do like tout these big culty type names like Scientology because they probably aren't living the same life as the people that are being harmed by it. Right. Well, in all the Scientology, they they talk like the people who are gotten out of it all say like the best thing for Scientology was celebrities. Because people would follow them and join them for these celebrities. And, um, you know, the big thing with these type of organized things is recruitment, right? Recruitment is always the big thing. And it's so much easier when you have celebrities. Yeah. Yeah. I just finished up um, learning about the Tony Alamo cult. Um, I don't know. Have you ever heard of that one? No, but I love cults. So I'm probably going to get into this. You you should watch that one. I bought it on Amazon Prime. It was six episodes. It was was hard to watch. There was some child abuse in there that was not okay. Mm -hmm. But um, this cult, there was the authorities were saying like, it's still around. You can never really fully eradicate a cult, but Mm -hmm. they just have to wait until like the next Messiah comes up because, you know, it's always the children that are indoctrinated Mm -hmm. into these ways of thinking that just kind of grow up brainwashed and that's when things start to get crazy again I guess I guess it goes in waves yeah I think I started to really be interested in cults with um when I learned about I remember in high school I read Helter Skelter about Charles Manson Mm -hmm. and I was just so confused as to why women would murder for this crazy guy like I didn't understand not like not um why you would do that and and then just learning that some people can have this influence and power over other people has always really interested me 
Yeah. And I've always found it really interesting that people think those that join a cult um, basically are uneducated or there's this reason for doing it. But a lot of times there are very smart people that just lose hope in society and they're looking for, you know, a better world. And this cult is promising all these great things at the beginning. And then all of a sudden they're like, you can't have sex. You have to wear a potato sack <laughs> and we're killing ourselves at dawn. Yeah. You know, it and just kind of goes. You have to let me have sex with your It doesn't really have a middle area. Yeah. You got to let me have sex with your wife and promise yeah. me your daughters. And sorry. Yeah. yeah, it's always it always comes to that, doesn't it? It always sometimes it be that. like that, you know? Yeah, yeah. Cults are really interesting, and to like go back to what you said, like I've definitely had like vulnerable moments in my life where I could see it would be if someone was like offering me because they never sh start off with the crazy, right? It's always like, no, we well, want to do better for the world. Every cult wants to do better for the world. They want a better world. That's always what it is. And you're like, damn, this world does suck. It should be better. Like, I think yeah. we can all agree to that. And they just, yeah. they just catch people at vulnerable moments. They do. And then they take everything away from them. And when people like leave these cults, they have nothing. Have nothing. I'm in a Facebook group about cult survivors and like the <laughs> stuff I see is just in same crazy. Like, it's crazy that's crazy yeah and it's easy to think of cults as something from like the 70s 80s oh no know? they are still alive they're and well today around. that's why i like this podcast i'm like think there things are culty all the time i'll have to listen to that then um i've mm -hmm. been watching and i think you would really like it it's on youtube it's called illuminati but it's mm -hmm. spelled like naughty like naughty girl um Ooh. So she does on, I think it's Mondays, she does MLM Mondays. And so she'll pick a different MLM. And it's not, there isn't actually a lot of like, it's not her that's on it. She's like, um, uh, what is it called where you hide your identity? Um, an avatar. Yeah. Okay. And so <laughs> I listen, I just more listen to them while doing stuff, but she'll talk about like the history, the founders, like all of this stuff. So, and I love, I mean, MLMs, we, we can put that in the category of cults as well. Right. Cause oh, some absolutely. People, I think they did an episode on that. Yeah. Like, um, I think my favorite is the, the LuLaRoe leggings. Oh my yeah. God. Yeah. My hatred. Yeah. Oh, oh gosh. Yeah. That went downhill fast. No one needs pizza on leggings. Okay. No. And what's and if you, crazy. If you're listening and you have pizza leggings, <laughs> it's fine, but just don't buy them from LuLaRoe. Yeah. Well, what's crazy is like the women who went severely bankrupt over these clothes that they could not sell. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. My friend Nicole was involved in it, and she had a hard time at the end. Um, she was able to like sell back her inventory in time, but I know it 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 was very taxing and a lot of energy to do. Yeah, um, some but, of these yeah. women still have this inventory that it just it they changed their manufacturer and then they were storing them outside, so they would come like wet and stinky. Yeah. And Ugh. like it's it sucks. That's crazy. So I know. Um, I've been really liking that one. Um, and then I wanted to tell you that. So I live in Florida, and um, if you have the news, you know it's crazy here right now um, with COVID. Um, so I'm back to full time masking at my job. They require it, which actually is very nice that they um, they actually were started requiring a couple weeks ago. They kind of saw what was happening. And so my mask knee is back. Oh, yeah. Woo. Oh, 
Well, I know I've been thinking that I might have to go back to wearing masks soon. Yeah. Yeah. It. Yeah. So. Um, it is what it is. I was just missing the, you know, but I, I was know. like remembering what maskne felt like. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I forgot what it was like. And yeah. just trying to remember again. My chin just hurts all the time. So yeah. I've, I've kind of changed up my um, routines a little bit. Um, so for my nighttime skincare routine, I'm still double cleansing and I'm using the. It's by the same brand of, which we'll get into in a minute, of the snail, the snail slime. I was about to say, you know what might be good for you, snail slime. It might be. (laughs) Um, But I have their other essence. It's called the Tone Balancing Essence. And it's got, um, it's um, a ferment, a type of fermented water that's supposed to be good for balancing the bacteria on the skin. Oh, nice. Um, so it's Galactomyces 95 Tone Balancing Essence. I use that. And then at nighttime, I've been using the Mad Hippie Vitamin A. Um, yes, I love that stuff. Do you too. like it? Yeah, I really, really like it. Me too. Yeah, so I'm using that pr- pretty much every other night. Um, but then the big one that I've started incorporating, which I think has been really helpful for me at night, is um, I started mixing rosehip oil in with my nighttime moisturizer. Um, Girl, I am doing the same exact thing. Oh, and I'm obsessed. Oh, <laughs> fancy. I so I will do that when it gets real dry, like when it, uh, my skin gets really dry, like winter time. Um, and I, but I generally don't do oils too much in the summer. But my skin really loves rosehip oil, and I think it it the anti-inflammatory powers of rosehip oil has been really helping me a lot. So I mix it in, um, with my moisturizer. I just do like maybe like four drops in my moisturizer, mix it all together. But sometimes like last night, I thought of you. I, um, and I was going to send you a picture, except I was out of the shower naked. I put (laughs) rosehip oil all over my face and then used my, um, jade roller and rolled that in. And I was like, Oh, I'm supposed to be thinking of an affirmation. I didn't, I didn't, but my affirmation, um, is that I love my jade roller with rosehip oil. So how about that? Yeah. I love that too for you. That is, I think that's a great combination and Mm -hmm. it's so easy and inexpensive as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You just want to make sure, um, to clean your jade rollers afterwards. You know, you don't Mm, want to leave, you don't want to leave product on there. No, um, no. And then the other funny thing I want to tell you is that um, my husband, former podcast uh, guest, Aaron, cut my hair for me. <laughs> okay, so how did that go? <laughs> so my hair, um, I never wear it down. And what happens is when I decide I need a haircut, it has to be done right at that moment. I cannot stand it a second longer. It needs to be cut. And so normally I just take scissors and do it myself and it's uneven. And then when my mother-in-law colors my hair, she's like, oh my God, your hair's uneven. Let me fix it real fast. But so this time I was like, well, I'll have Aaron help me. So um, I took a shower and then I brushed it out. I'm like, okay, Aaron, you'll cut my hair. And he's like, okay. He's like, where are your scissors? And I hand him kitchen scissors. And he's like, what, what? He's like, you don't have hair cutting scissors? And I was like, nope, let's do it. So, Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so even he knew that I was doing this wrong. But he did, pre- he did a good job. He does a better job than I normally do. It's nice and even. He did a very good job. Good. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes that's all you need. But it is important to cut those split ends off because basically what happens is your hair just keeps fraying upwards. Uh, so mm-hmm. it'll just keep splitting and splitting. Yeah, that is why it's so essential if you are trying to grow like long, healthy hair to keep cutting those ends. But I always wondered because they always say your hair grows longer when you cut it. And I never understood how that worked, but that makes sense. Yeah, it's kind of like 
a little like old wives tale-ish. I don't think there's a lot of scientific evidence that like you cut your hair from the bottom and then like it grows more. I think your hair like steadily grows about an inch every month. But yeah, that is the secret to having those like long, healthy ends. It's just consistent little trims. I know that my hair needs to be cut when I am like shedding too much. I'm getting like a lot of hair loss. And, mm-hmm. and to me, that's like a good indicator that my hair needs to be cut. Like if it's just getting so tangled that the hair is just coming out, then I'm like, okay, time, time to cut it. That's my cue. Yeah, I totally feel that. Um, so Lauren, you've been using a new product. Tell us about it. You don't have to tell us all about it because it's been a whole saga. Um, please go to <laughs> Lauren's Instagram or Beauty Guide's Instagram because she always shares it there. But tell us what you've been playing with. Yeah. So go to our Instagram and we have like a snail button and I'm sharing (laughs) all of my findings and research there. (laughs) And so I am currently using the CauseRx um, snail essence and it is 96% snail mucin. (laughs) And there isn't a ton of research on snail mucin, but they are finding that it's really great for moisture in the skin. Um, It helps with some hyperpigmentation. It's supposed to boost collagen production, but it's also gentle enough that it's not actively doing anything crazy to my skin that can harm it, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. So So I can use it as many times as I want a day. I'm learning what to mix it with. And I'm reporting that those findings Mm -hmm. just for curiosity, but Mm -hmm. you can really mix it with anything. Like nothing bad's going to happen. Yeah. Just like what it doesn't pill with. It seems like your, Mm -hmm. your creams it does well with, but like your water gels or your gel creams, it seems to not like, would you say? Exactly. And that's because I really do feel like they kind of have the same consistency Mm -hmm. a little bit and that's okay. That's totally okay. Yeah. So I want to tell you the lore about how they discovered snail slime. So Mm -hmm. um, in Asia, they have snail farmers. And so the hands of these women snail farmers who were, you know, older women, their hands looked very young still. And um, the hands are generally some of the first places to really show your true signs of aging at the back of your hands. It's very thin skin. So they were like, what is what are these farmers doing that makes the their skin so young looking? And then they realized it was the snail slime or snail mucin, if you will. And then that's how they figured it out. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's basically um, a really healing anti-inflammatory um it's got a lot of good ceramides to it um so if you're someone who's dealing with like sensitivity redness irritation maybe some flakiness those are people who i would recommend the snail slime for it's really good for those things I feel like it would be really good for adult acne too. Very yeah, soothing. for sure. For sure. And I think, um, you know, we talked about it in our mask knee episode. I think where people get caught up with acne is trying to aggressively treat it as acne, especially mask knee. When what you need to treat it is your skin is like sensitive. It's irritated. It's inflamed. It's And so using those anti-inflammatory ingredients like snail slime is really beneficial for your skin to really help it heal. Yeah, I think the biggest thing I've learned since doing this podcast with you is like kind of if you have acne, go K-beauty. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. 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 But- and it's it's not expensive, which is so nice because mm-hmm. I know when you have acne, you're spending so much money at the dermatologist mm-hmm. on products with that. So like think of it as just like a nice little investment for you. <laughs> yeah. K-beauty, their foundation is in anti-inflammatory ingredients because inflammation leads to aging and irritation. Um, so they're, they're taking anti-aging while we do anti-aging with things like acids and chemical peels, they do 
isn't anti-aging in the terms of anti-inflammatories. So these are going to be like green tea, aloe, um, bamboo, just like really soothing ingredients. Um, yeah, I agree with, I second that notion. That's a really good idea, Lauren. Yes. You heard it here first. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I'm going to get into today's topic. um, And I picked this one because this is probably my number one asked question. Like when I meet people or I'm around friends and they know I'm an esthetician, um, the number one thing I get asked is, what cleanser should I be using? Because they, they start asking me, you know, what, what should I be doing for my skin? And I'm like, well, tell me your routine. And they go, well, actually, can you tell me what cleanser I should be using? And, and it's funny cause it's, you know, the most basic thing, wash your face, but the, it's, the industry makes it very complicated. So I want to get into that today. I'm going to take a quick sip of water. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing um, some similarities in our conversations between cleansers for your face and mm-hmm. cleansers for your hair, which is shampoo. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> so cleanser should never leave you feeling squeaky clean. That feeling is actually stripped skin. Um, if you've ever had to like stay in a hotel and use a bar of soap and your skin feels awful afterwards, that is a stripped feeling. So some people love that feeling uh, and say that it's clean. It's not. That's not. We've been Look. tricked into thinking that's clean, and that's not clean. That's stripped, and then now that's compromised, and now you're gonna. Uh, risks things like breakouts and infections um, and irritation. So our skin has something called a moisture barrier, which is a combination of water and our natural oils on the surface of the skin. This is our first line of protection, keeping water in and bad things out. The goal of cleansing is to remove excess dirt and oil, but not all oil. So when we use harsh cleansers, we compromise our moisture barrier, which leads to dehydration and in turn premature skin. It's known as trans epidermal water loss in the industry or sometimes called TUL, which is T-E-W-L, which reminds me of how we used to say cool. Hey. Yes, K-E-W-L. <laughs> mm-hmm. So the first step in cleansing would be an oil cleanser um, or a pre-cleanse or sometimes called double cleansing. And this is important for people who wear makeup and sunscreen. And we all wear sunscreen every day, so this is everybody. So the theory behind oil cleansing is oil sticks to oil. So essentially you are removing the surface oil. So then you can go in with your actual cleanser to work on the skin. Um, If you don't want to double cleanse or that doesn't work for you, then follow the 60 second cleansing rule, which is you use your cleanser for a full minute and work it into the skin. Um, The next part is actual cleansing. So the general rule of thumb is sensitive and dry skin, you want a creamy cleanser. And then combination or oily skin, you want a gel or foaming cleanser. Um, There's always exceptions to this rule, and if your esthetician has you on a specific cleanser, then go with that, always. This is just a general guide for people who aren't working with a skincare professional. So the next thing is how do you know your skin type and how do you know if you're a dry skin or more oily skin? A good way to check is after you wash your face and then don't put any moisturizer on it. If it feels tight and uncomfortable, then you're more of a dry skin type. And it feels okay and you're good to go, then you lean a little more oily. Most people are combination. Um, So it's whichever one is more prominent. Um, 
your daily cleanser shouldn't be an exfoliating or scrubby cleanser. Um, I was definitely guilty of this before I went to aesthetic school. I used to love the all the clean and clear scrubby beads, morning burst, oh, yeah. all oh, of that. Oh, yeah, the smells too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, exfoliating should only be done a couple times a week. Um, and I'm going to save exfoliation for another episode um, just because that is a whole other topic on itself. <laughs> so stay tuned mm-hmm. for that mm-hmm. one. Um, and so just a couple more points. Um, number one, it's okay to have more than one cleanser and using different cleansers based on how your skin feels. My daily cleanser is the Aveda Outer Peace Acne Cleanser, which is a gentle foam. However, sometimes my skin feels a little more sensitive and dry, so I'll use something a little more creamy instead. Um, number two, I also think cleanser is where you can save money. My philosophy is that money should be splurged on things that remain on the skin, like your serums and moisturizers. Um, and while cleansers, as long as it's appropriate for your skin type, I'm actually okay with lower price point, um, even something from the drugstore. And number three, if you are having concerns with your skin and are unhappy with your cleanser, I um, recommend you seek out an esthetician for advice. They, you know, an esthetician that sees you in person will always have an advantage over any advice I give you because they can actually, you know, look at your skin under the magnifying light and see what's going on. Um, and then another point I want to hit on is why estheticians hate Cetaphil, which I used to love Cetaphil too. That was another one that I loved beforehand because it was, for me, my skin being so sensitive, I was like, this is the only thing that doesn't irritate my skin. I'm just going to use Cetaphil. And while there is a benefit to keeping things simple in your routine, the Cetaphil is actually just too simple. There's actually no real benefits in Cenafil. It's just surfactants and then preservatives. So your surfactants are your like cleansing agents. These are what break down the oil and then preservatives. Um, And so sometimes having that too simple, um, you're not going to um, really get any nice benefits from the cleanser either. Isn't the surfactant that they're using also SLS, which is one of the harshest surfactants that you can use? Or did I make that up? It used to be. I believe they have Mm -hmm. since changed it. So Lauren is talking about um, sodium lauryl sulfate, sometimes known as SLS. This is a degreaser. This is what they use to get oil off of tires. And this was the industry standard for face cleansers for a very long time. (laughs) Um, So... Now, this is different than, so sodium lauryl sulfate is what you want to look out for. There are different forms that are not this one. Like there's sodium laureth sulfate and things like Mm -hmm. that. That's not what I'm talking about. It's sodium lauryl sulfate. Um, But yeah, Cetaphil for, I believe they have since changed once it came out how awful SLS is. Um, And so you might see on cleansers or products like no SLS and that's what it's referring to. I just want to call myself out too while we're talking about mm-hmm. um, bad cleansers. I used to love those um, Noxema pads oh, that yeah. are in like a jar, mm-hmm. you know, and they're supposed to like be good for acne and mm-hmm. they just like rip everything out of your skin and they sting it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. And then I loved a good um, Thayer's like witch hazel toner, oh. which I know is very stripping as well. A lot of alcohol in yeah. there. Well, it's not that it's alcohol. It's witch hazel by itself is too strong. It's mm. um, so witch hazel is a, a degreaser. And so mm. it does serve its purpose. But generally, it's 
mixed with other things. So you may see witch hazel in toners, specifically ones targeting like oily skin or acne. And that is a beneficial ingredient. It's just that Thayer's straight up witch hazel, it, it's too strong. That's way too much. Interesting. And when you strip your skin, like if you're an oily skin type, and so you try these things to strip your skin of the oil, your skin is an organ trying to balance itself out and it will actually produce more oil. Mm-hmm. Heard that. Yeah. So um, I've got some um, product recommendations. I'm not going to go through all of these. I'm just going to give a couple shout outs based on different things. Um, the first one is oil cleansers. Um, Lauren loves the you love the I do care cleanser. Yeah, I'm just I like to try all oil cleansers, but I'm on that one right now. And I also have tried the Sunday Riley one. But those are two that I like. Yeah. yeah. And I've also tried um, Urban Decay made one for a little bit. But yeah, you can't go wrong. I like them. Mm -hmm. So I prefer um, the Dermalogica pre cleanse, which is in a true oil form. That's just generally my go-to, but I have used the Kiehl's Midnight Recovery Cleansing Oil, which is um, evening primrose oil-based. And for me, the most important thing in a pre-cleanse is that it doesn't burn my eyes. I have really sensitive eyes, and most things burn my eyes. And I'm generally using this to remove my eye makeup, um, especially these days. I with do want to say that I think that the I do care sometimes burns my eyes a mm, little bit. Mm -hmm, I deal mm -hmm. with it, but if you know, just if you are sensitive, like Kelsey, maybe. Steer away from that. <laughs> I have sensitive eyes. Yeah. Um, for normal to dry skin at the drugstore, I really like the CeraVe Hydrating Cleanser um, or the La Roche-Posay Tolerain Hydrating Gentle Facial Cleanser. Um, but this is also where you can go into K-Beauty. K-Beauty has amazing cleansers. And specifically the brand that we talked about um, earlier is the CauseRx brand. They have a Hydrium Triple Hyaluronic Acid Cream Cleanser. So that's going to be really good for dry skin. That sounds so nice. Yeah. <laughs> I actually, I don't like hyaluronic acid too much on my skin. I, I No? No, I'm not a fan. But it doesn't mean it's a bad ingredient. I just, mm -hmm. I'm just hyper-focused on what my skin likes. Um, yeah. For normal to oily skin, I like the CeraVe Foaming Cleanser, the Dermalogica Special Cleansing Gel, or the CauseRx Low pH Good Morning Cleanser. Um, this one is going to be your traditional gel that foams up. Um, it, even though it's called Good Morning Cleanser, you can use it at night. <laughs> and then um, for acne... Um, like I said earlier, don't do it, overdo it on acne products. So CeraVe has a renewing SA face wash. SA stands for salicylic acid. La Roche-Posay has a purifying, gentle, foaming face wash. Um, and then on my favorite, the Aveda Outer Piece Foaming Cleanser. The Aveda it's so good. <laughs> yeah. It's so good. I am dry, sensitive skin type, but I'm also acne prone. And so I needed something that would um, target my acne but not overstrip my skin. Like traditional acne cleansers tend to be gel-based, um, and I can't use gel-based cleansers. So I'm a really big fan of that one. Um, yeah, I do not ever run out of it in my house because I did let myself run out of it mm -hmm. once and then I noticed my skin breaking out. So I'm like, that is something that will always be in my life. Yeah, if you're a skin type um, like me or Lauren, that like sensitive, dry, but um, acne prone, try the Aveda Outer Piece Foaming Cleanser. I can't say enough good things about it. Um, and then lastly, sensitive skin type. I love the Dermalogica Ultra Calming Cleanser. This is actually a cleanser I always have on hand as well. Um, and then Aveeno has a new Calm and Restore Oat Cleanser, which it is a gel, but it's like a creamy gel. Um, and this one's really nice for sensitive skin as well. 
Oh, nice. Yeah. So I try to give you guys some drugstore and high-end options, just like a little bit of both. Like I said, if you want to, if you have the money and you want to spend it on high-end cleansers, do it. And if you're looking for somewhere you can save money in your skincare routine, then the cleanser is definitely where you can save your money. Or like Lauren said, go to K-Beauty. K-Beauty is always going to be affordable. Absolutely. Okay. All right, Lauren. So tell me what made you happy this week. Dude, I was actually going to like talk about like my existential dread and crisis (laughs) that I was going for. But what made me happy this week was that conversation that we had before we Mm. started recording. Kelsey was just such a great friend and like really listened to me about just some things that I'm scared about in my future. And I was very vulnerable with her Mm. and I'm not always a vulnerable person with people. And she just like really made me feel like life was okay. And it's very valuable to have friends like that. So thank you, Kelsey. I Okay. Mm -hmm. I didn't do anything special, guys. (laughs) I just sometimes we get too much in our head about things and we just need a third party to be like no everything's fine and to kind of just put things in perspective that's all I did you just needed a voice of reason yeah it was a nice little voice I like your voice well I'm glad (laughs) I was able what made you happy this week um well that just made me really happy um that's so nice I'm always telling you like I think you sound so good on the podcast and I like I just I just think you have the coolest voice. Oh, my God. It's, like, so smooth and just really nice. Light, light FM. With- yes! <laughs> Bitch, you should do it. Um, so what made me happy this week? So I have a student. So most of my students tend to be younger, but I have one who she is 20, and we recently found out that she didn't know anything about the O.J. Simpson case, had never heard about it, any of it, and we were so shocked, and then we started talking to her more and realized that she doesn't know a lot about 90s pop culture. So every day we end class with telling her 90s pop culture things she needs to look into. So I recently suggested to her Beanie Babies. Um, and yeah, that was a good one. Um, and then, um, Princess Diana. I was going to say purple Princess Diana mm -hmm. bear. (laughs) And then, um, Jankos. Jankos were a good time. (laughs) Yes. So if anyone has any 90s pop culture moments, we've also been talking like important people. Um, We talked about Bill Clinton and Monica Lewinsky. Um, We talked about things like that. So if anyone has any fun 90s things that I need to um, educate my students about, let me know. But it's actually, it's been a little bit nostalgia, but a little bit fun as well. We also, um, I was explaining to my students, and if anyone's around Lauren and I's age, they'll appreciate this. We talked about how we used to um, make full-blown websites when we were in sixth grade. (laughs) Yes. Okay. So I was going to say earlier, we were talking about the dolls that we Mm -hmm. loved on the websites. And if you're listening and you know what we're talking about, you're just going to love it. Mm -hmm. Um, But I was thinking, I was like, is my overall aesthetic doll? Yes. Like, you know what I mean? Is that what I've always aspired to be? I always just thought they were so gorgeous, so hot. I loved like the big baggy jeans and like Uh the sports bras. Yes. The the bandanas and the hair. The sparkles and the pink. Yeah, that's And your... you know what? We have been talking about doing an episode on like 90s nostalgia makeup and like talking about like the brands mm. that were available at that time and the, the good products and the bad products. And we should totally do it sooner than later oh so that God. your student can indulge in that. Yeah. Because we uh, got to teach her about lip injection, like uh, the, the lip gloss, the oh, lip venom. Oh, lip venom. Yeah. I lip was thinking, snappers. I was thinking of um, bo- like Bonnie Bell having like lipsticks, like lip smackers, yeah. but they were like these, you know, that grungy brown lipstick we all. Oh my yeah. gosh. Yes. And everything had shimmer in it mm-hmm. and was like, yeah, like it didn't really have like a lot of pigment to it. And then mm-hmm. um, there was the dream matte mousse that was like oh orange and cakey on everyone. 
Right. Or um, frost, frosted lipstick. Yeah. Frosty. Yes. If you were the frosted under the eye, uh-huh. which if... I still kind of do in my oh, own makeup artistry, but I switched the color a little bit. So it's more acceptable. And but we were really just all about it. We're like, if it's shimmering and frosty, put it right under my my thin little eyebrow. There there is a picture <laughs> that exists of Lauren and I from ninth grade homecoming. And yeah. I am totally doing the Britney Spears makeup look from the Oops, I did it again video, which is white frosted from lash line to brow bone. And that I remember it was a Maybelline champagne single. And I yep. would use the little foam applicator and just yes! cover. In front of my mirror. Yes. It, yes. That's so oh, funny. I'm there in my head. And then we twisted your hair back. Like yeah. <laughs> Lauren has been doing my has been doing hair for a <laughs> long time, guys. I really have. I really have. <laughs> so definitely listen to us because we know what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. And I got you for your twisty hairstyle. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. All right. Well, thanks so much for listening, everyone. Um, if you made it to this point in the podcast, you know what I'm going to do. I'm going to ask you to give us some stars, share us with friends, message us your 90s nostalgia or any topics you have questions about or want us to do an episode on. We love talking to you guys. We love hearing your feedback about products or what you're interested in. Oh, and keep up with this Lauren's snail journey. It's been so (laughs) interesting. So follow her and follow beauty guides on Instagram. And thanks. Oh, and yeah, yeah. One last thing. Mm -hmm. Um, titty shake with me on the tambourine okay. when we go out <laughs> everyone listening. everyone everyone all right bye guys bye